can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back for episode number two of Boston Celtics Game Day Reactions. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito. Uh, got a good show today. Uh, I'm excited to walk through a couple different topics. One, we'll go through the game day reaction of the final preseason game against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, I guess, my predictions for the rest of the season for us. Before we get started with all of that, Got to talk about Kyrie Irving because it wouldn't be a Celtics podcast without a little Kyrie slander. He shows up early to the game today and you see the video of him just burning sage. Got to get all that negative energy out because Boston was just nothing but negative to him. He's just that guy. He is extremely talented extremely talented ends up with 17.7 rebounds five assists with a plus 29 on a plus minus uh clearly doing Kyrie things but god you just gotta hate the guy uh another guy that absolutely destroyed us uh was Kevin Durant 25 six rebounds, two assists, a steal, three blocks. Guy looked like he was an all-defensive player today, and you just hate to see it. He blocked literally everybody on the Celtics team, it felt like. So it's it's tough seeing a Kyrie-led team do so well. It's really not fun watching the Celtics get absolutely smoked in a game where when you're playing Kyrie, you really just want to beat the shit out of him. And it did not go our way today at all. But wanna wanna dive into some of our players here. We again don't really have too many highlights per se. Uh did have a couple pretty strong showings. Jason Tatum is just he's that guy that he steps on the court and you blink an eye, and he's already at 15 points. Uh, somehow ended the game, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and a block. I don't remember any of it happening. He had a big block early on in the game, and honestly, that's, that's all I remember from him. I feel like every year, every game, it's the exact same thing with him. You just you turn around for a second to take a sip of beer and it is, you know, he's got six extra points. So, you know, good for him, I guess, for continuing and almost getting a double-double in this game. Um the guy that the guy that I was more happy with today was Jalen Brown. Uh he had an abysmal shooting performance from three but the rest of his game looked good I think one of the things that he's been knocked on all year uh, well I guess all offseason and all last year was his assist numbers Uh, not that you know he had four assists tonight so not that that's a huge improvement but I think when you look at the way he played today 
Uh, didn't play a ton of minutes, only 26 compared to you know what would normally be like 34 in a regular season, I would say. Uh, he looked good. He was driving the lane a lot more uh, and dishing out. He had a couple of really good assists to Robert Williams early on in the game. Uh, he had one where he spun around Durant, drove to the lane, dished it off to Robert Williams for the dunk. Um, he looked good. He looked really, really solid today. And I think the Celtics are going to need a lot of that to really bring this into a championship contender type team. Uh, Jason Tatum is obviously going to be that. He's going to be that person that's just scoring. He's going to be the alpha male. Uh, you need Jalen Brown to step up into really an all-star level role. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential to get into the all-star role. I know last episode talked about moving into the top 25 for him, so we need to see a lot more of that um, this year for the Celtics to really turn into a legitimate contender. Another... Another guy that I was excited about seeing was Javante Green. I think he's he's a guy that really goes under the radar a lot of the times too. And you know, I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later on the podcast uh, about Danny Ainge and really Brad Stevens talking about where I guess why Javante Green is still on the floor. If you look at last year, didn't really think that Javante would grow into a player where he's getting time. Moved into the starting role again tonight. Again, didn't see a lot of time. Only saw 10 minutes. Uh, But the 10 minutes he was there, he played really well. Defensively, offensively, had a couple of offensive rebounds, a steal. Uh, And his energy is just, it's just something that you really can't measure. He's, He's on that Marcus Smart type level. Uh, more so on the offense and offensive end than the defensive end, like uh, Marcus Smart. But it's, it's exciting to see him really step into that role. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of. I think we're going to see a lot of switching between players in that role now that G- Gordon Hayward is gone. Um, so I think Javante Green has some minutes ahead of him this year. And we really need that energy moving forward. Um, you know, one of the guys, I think Tice played really well. He is really that guy that every single game you know he's going to go in and just do his job. Uh, you can't get too high. You can't get too low. He's just going to go in and do what he needs to do. He's going to he's gonna rebound. He ended the night with nine rebounds. Uh, had two steals. Again, he's not, a, he's not a stat stuffer by any means, but he's a guy that's going to get the job done when you need it. And it was exciting to have him back. Uh, I know he was on the, the back end of a couple nice, um, couple nice assists from Tatum. He had a really nice baseline jumper. And a catch in the lane from Tatum. Uh, so two pretty good shots that I think he needs to grow on. He did try a couple threes that he did not hesitate a second. Uh, didn't go in today, but I think, again, when you have, and I talked about this last episode with Grant Williams, 
where you have a big that isn't afraid to shoot, you're going to stretch the floor. Because we all know, I mean, Tice, again, not a great deep threat, but he can hit them. So I'm excited. I, I, I am happy seeing him take those shots. One guy that I'm not thrilled about taking those shots is Grant Williams. And I know I talked about it last episode again, and it's just, it's tough. Uh, I mentioned last time that he started last year 0 for 25. Again, preseason games, don't don't take too much. Grant Williams 0 for 6 tonight, 0 for 3 from 3. Actually had some pretty decent minutes. Uh, on the defensive end, ended up with four rebounds. He moves well. Uh, he moves well, but tonight was not a good shooting night for him. And it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting to see, I guess, where he lands in that lineup. Now, um, as far as yesterday or not yesterday, but last game goes, he played well today. Okay, when we get into the middle of the season here and then you have Tice and you have Tristan Thompson, they're going to be taking the majority of those center minutes. So you need to look at you know, who is the third option or can he move into more of that power forward role? And... I think in order for him to get into that, to move into that power forward role, you're going to need to see a more consistent shot for him. I don't know if they're going to move him into a four if he can't hit that shot. We saw glimpses of it last year. I'm not saying it's impossible. I would like to see a little improvement uh, a little bit sooner rather than later, considering the regular season starts next week. Um, so I guess fingers crossed on that. One thing that I'm not crossing any fingers on is Carson Edwards. The boy is canceled. Uh, had another really tough night. Uh, went 0 for 5 from the field uh, and just didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. I I said this again last episode. I really wanted to see a big jump from him. Didn't really get that tonight. The other guy that I really, again, wanted to see a jump from was Tremont Waters. He spent the majority of last year in the G League and didn't do, didn't do much last year. Didn't really get the opportunity to do much. Today, he had a better game. Uh, seven points, five assists, three steals. So defensively, he did better uh, as far as the steals go. But he's another guy similar to Carson Edwards where he is he's too small. He's too small. And I'll talk about Peyton Pritchard, who's similar stature. Um, but he doesn't – he can't move his feet as well. And he can't stay in front of these people. Everyone he's, everyone he's going to face – has a couple inches and probably 20 plus pounds on him. And it's not easy trying to keep in front of these athletes. 
Um, I liked a little bit of what I saw from Tremont. Again, a lot of it's garbage time, garbage time points, garbage time assists. So I guess take it with a grain of salt, all of those stats. But he's another guy I don't really see moving into the rotation much. Uh, Slightly less impressive performance from Peyton Pritchard tonight. But he did play well. Uh, One of the things that I am, again, still shocked about is his ability to play defense. For a guy that's not huge by any means, he stays in front of people. He even caused a backcourt violation in the second quarter today, which you never see like very very rarely does that happen and he caused one today he's a he's a small guard that just knows exactly what he needs to do uh i do like the fact that you know he has zero hesitation in a lot of his shots he didn't have a great shooting night only going 2 for 9 uh but the guy's not hesitating I think if you look at, you know, if you look at the last couple of years, and I, I know I'm probably going to harp on this for a lot of the year. We haven't had that guy on the bench that goes in and just shoots. Like I really don't. I don't remember the last time that that happened. So I think that between him, Neesmith, who I'll get to, Jeff Teague. Uh, who I'll get to a little bit as well. Peyton Pritchard can go in and really give us a lot of backup point guard, backup even shooting guard minutes, probably not as much in the shooting guard role uh, because of his size, but he is that guy that can go out and give you minutes now. And, you know, I was very confused uh, and not so happy when I saw Danny Ainge go for him. He's just he's another undersized guard, and you know, I know a lot of people will say, "Oh, he's old, being older or about the same age as Jason Tatum at this point." And Tatum's got a couple years under his belt. Uh, it's not something that I was expecting to see and expecting to get a lot out of. I thought his ceiling was a little capped. Um, and I was, you know, listening to a bunch of interviews, listening to a bunch of other podcasts, people talking about the Celtics and they compared him to Jalen Brunson. And I think that's a pretty good comparison. I mean, a similar player in college too, and he was at Villanova and I think he really, he gives that almost veteran like presence in the fact that he's just such a smart basketball player his IQ is there. Um, and I'm excited to to kind of watch him develop into that NBA player. I think he's got he's got a lot of the skills. He can shoot. He's got a hell of a lot of confidence. Now it's just a matter of getting in there and, and gelling with the team. I think he can go in and be that facilitator too. We've seen him come in and have, you know, a, a pretty high assist game. Today was not one of them. Uh but I think it's something that, you know, we'll see a lot of positive things this year from. Uh 
and I think this is going to be it's going to be a good year for him. I think um, another player, I guess this is going to be his competition is Jeff Teague. I think as far as as far as the se- the start of the season goes, you're going to see a lot of Jeff Teague, a lot of Peyton Pritchard, a lot of Marcus Smart. Those are really going to be your three rotating guards or point guards, I should say. Obviously, Jalen Brown going in at the two. Um, one of the things that I'm excited about with Jeff Teague, and again, not as good of a game today, is last game. I called him a bucket, may have been premature. I'm all about biased takes, so it is what it is. But Jeff Teague came in tonight, again, put up five points, had a steal. So again, like a lot of our backup, a lot of our point guards were coming in, we're getting steals. Like We ended the night with 13 steals. Again, very, very sloppy game on, on both ends. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I guess we're moving forward to the regular season at this point. Well, we're where we will have our biggest challenge yet with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but I think we got a lot to lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to. I do want to touch on Neesmith real quick. Um, God, he got absolutely destroyed by Jeff Green. Loved Jeff Green. Loved him as a Celtic. God damn, he destroyed Neesmith on that like poster dunk early on. I think it was first, second quarter, early in the game. And then another time, Durant just blew past him. Had the first step, blew past him for the layup. We've got to see Neesmith make a jump. And it's it's hard watching Neesmith because he had... He had a couple of great possessions on defense. He had a steal. He had another tipped pass, I guess, in transition. And he shows you a lot of effort. I think this is going to be, this will be the year of the effort guy, however you want to put that. But effort is going to play. And I'll get to that later on in the podcast uh, when we go through, I guess, filling in for Gordon Hayward, but Neesmith looks to be like he can be another one of those big effort guys. Uh, Shot better tonight, ended up with nine points, five rebounds, uh, and a steal. So he's a guy, he had a couple of really, really good shots. He had a nice off-the-dribble three, uh, coming off a great screen from Tice. And then he had another like really good baseline shot as well coming off of one of Tremont Waters' passes. So he's coming in. You can see him shooting, and he's another guy like Pritchard. For a rookie, This is it's kind of crazy to see, but we've got two rookies on this Celtics team that just aren't afraid to shoot. And I think it's, it's really good signs for the future here because we've got Jalen Brown, young, Tatum, real young. Marcus Smart, can't say he's real young, but still young. Uh, and then between Pritchard and Neesmith, we've got a really young, pretty developed team. So, again, I'm not I'm not reading too much into the preseason. 
because it is just that. It's just the preseason. Uh, as far as building blocks, though, I still think we're we're set up for a really good 2021 season. And then we're set up even better for the future. So, I mean, that's that's what I took away from this game. It's not necessarily that we're in trouble. I know going in a in a preseason and losing both games by a pretty shitty margin. There are some positives coming out of this. Uh and I think Again, Danny Ainge did a pretty good job of taking the team, taking the draft, and putting the best Celtics team forward that we've seen in a little bit. So definitely excited for this. Um, We are coming back in a little bit to go through, I guess, filling filling the void of Gordon Hayward and kind of predictions for the rest of the season here. Uh, Before we get to that, a quick ad, and we will be right back. All right, we are back, and I want to talk real quick about filling the void of Gordon Hayward. I've been talking to a lot of friends, talking to a lot of coworkers, and one of their, I guess, questions or concerns about the Celtics team this year is filling that void that Gordon Hayward left behind. And I don't think that filling that void is a one-man job anymore. Uh, When you look at really the rest of the team, we're probably going to fall more into that New England Patriots running back style situation where it's really winning by committee. Uh, I guess you can call it a money ball type situation where you're replacing Gordon Hayward's 16 points, seven rebounds, four or five assists, whatever his numbers were pretty close to that. Um, And I think when you look at really the way Brad Stevens has talked about it as well, he's mentioned, you know, starting Javante green because of energy. And I think that plays a big part into where he thinks Gordon Hayward's going to be replaced. Javante Green provides that spark that really we thought we would get from Robert Williams, but I don't think Robert Williams is quite there yet to perform on a, I guess, consistent basis. Javante Green fits in well with this starting roster. Uh, If you look at Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, uh, and then I guess a a mix of Tice slash Tristan Thompson. So Javante Green just fits in. He's a guy that will hit his open shots and is going to give you full effort. He's going to be running on the court every time. Yes, like Robert Williams, he is a he's a little sporadic running around. A little too much potentially at times, but he's a guy that's going to give that effort. When you look at replacing a Gordon Hayward, you're going to need more than one guy. We don't have that other all star on our team that is really going to bring you to a new height. 
what we do have is a lot of effort guys. I think if you look at Neesmith, Javante Green, Pritchard, those are three guys that we didn't really have. We had Javante Green, obviously, uh, but he didn't really play. I think he took a, a pretty good leap forward at this point. So I'll just kind of wrangle him into that whole mix there. If you look at the three of them, I think they can make up the production that we lost with Gordon Hayward and some. Not the same minutes, I get that, but I think Neesmith, great shooter. Pritchard, I think is a great shooter. Both of them can use some work on defense. Neesmith more than Pritchard, I would say. Um, But between the three of them, they can hit shots. And I think that's exactly what the Celtics team needs. Pritchard can be, he can be a facilitator as well. I think that, to me, that's the biggest issue in losing Gordon Hayward. Personally, I thought he was the best facilitator on the Celtics team. More so than Kemba, more so than Tatum. I was probably alone in thinking that. If some of if some of you agree, great. Uh, I feel like I was alone in thinking that. But Gordon Hayward was a fantastic facilitator. Very injury prone. Already injured. Happy that Danny Ainge did what he did. What he did. Uh, but it's a bit. It's big shoes to fill, and his shoes are going to be filled, I think, by three different players this year. So I think we're going to have to rely on the rookies, which Brad Stevens has not done a lot in his tenure with the Celtics. Uh, But Danny Ainge really kind of forced his hand. Doesn't have much to choose from at this point. It's either rookies or sophomores. He's going to lean on someone. So I think the sophomores and I guess in Grant Williams specifically – uh, and then the rookies here are going to be people that that need to step up if the Celtics want to want to move far in the playoffs slash win a championship here. Uh, I guess it, it just needs to happen. It needs to happen, or the Celtics don't stand a chance. As far as the rest of the the Eastern Conference goes, if you look at all of the teams. In the East, a lot of them have gotten significantly better. Like, no, nobody is going to argue that the Eastern Conference is far better than it was last year. The Milwaukee Bucks, I don't think there is a person alive that is going to tell you that they're not going to be the first the one seed this year. I think everybody knows it. I think the Celtics can probably get within four games. I don't think this is going to be an 82-game season. I don't. I think it's probably going to end somewhere around 70 is my guess. I think COVID is going to hit at some point. We are getting vaccines, it seems, at some point soon. I don't think basketball players are on the the top priority for vaccines. But I think they'll still end up with 70, 74 maybe. 
um, games throughout the season. So I guess we'll keep an eye out on that. But when you look at the Eastern Conference, who do we got? We've got Milwaukee at one. They got a hell of a lot better this year than they did last year. Giannis got paid, and that team is just going to do what the normal Giannis teams have done in the past. They're going to get that one seed, probably go to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe the semifinals. Uh, But when you look at, you know, a number two team, I think the Raptors got worse. They're one of the few teams that got worse. Uh, They lost Ibaka. They lost Marcus Saul. So where does that number two seed go? I'm trying not to overreact to the Celtics-Nets massacre. Uh, I think it's a toss-up right now. I think the Brooklyn Nets, if they if they stay healthy and Kyrie and Durant don't absolutely kill each other, then they could be the number two seed. The Celtics could take that easily. So right now, I mean, you've got Milwaukee, you've got Nets, Celtics, I think is a toss-up at two, two and three. And right behind it, not by far, is Miami. And honestly, I don't want to, I can't really talk trash because they made it to the finals last year. I don't think they're as I don't think they're a top three team. I don't think they're better than the Celtics. I think Tatum and Jalen are a better one-two punch than Jimmy Butler and Bam. I think they're a better one-two punch. Uh, They did get better. They had a solid draft. They did get better. I think they'll move into... Probably that four seed. Again, last year they weren't in the top four anywhere. They were five seed anyway. So that's still an improvement from last year. And that's where I think the Raptors will fall down. Where I think it goes from there is Philly. So now we've got Philly dropping in at probably a five or six seed. I'm probably one of the few that's putting them this low. I know a lot of people are very high on the Sixers. They definitely got better. They definitely got better, and they added a coach in Doc Rivers that a lot of people are saying can right the ship. I love Doc. He was with the Celtics for a very long time through a lot of our really bad years. Uh, but also the year where we won it all. I think that Doc is slightly overrated, and this is a unpopular opinion, I'm sure, by a lot of you guys who watched Doc Rivers bring a championship to the Celtics. If you look at his career, the majority of it was losing. He brought in a big three of, well, I guess he didn't bring in Pierce, 
But he brought in Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and we only won one. We won one NBA Finals. Perk got hurt, which probably cost us another one. And then you see Doc leave and go to L.A. And he gets arguably two top ten players in Kawhi and Paul George, and they fall short, significantly short. So I agree. I think he's a he's a significantly better coach than the Sixers have seen in the past, but I don't know if he's that guy. I don't know if he's enough. Unless, unless they somehow get rid of Simmons... I don't see this team getting past the four seed with Simmons and Embiid on the same team. Two very talented players. Very, very talented players. But they do not mix well. So I still put them down as a as a five, six seed type team. So I'm hoping that the Celtics can move into that two spot. As little faith as I have in the Sixers doing well, it's still not a team that I want to play. When you look at the Eastern Conference, when you look at the NBA in general, you never want to face the most talented team because talent generally wins. Philly is a very, very talented team. I think what it's going to come down to, when you look at the semifinals for the Eastern Conference, I think it's going to be Milwaukee. I think it's going to be the Celtics. And again, I know I'm biased. I'm a Celtics fan. I'm very biased. I think think that's a seven-game series. I really do. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are an incredible, incredible team this year. And I have all the confidence in the world in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. This preseason, for anyone that's nervous, don't be nervous because they are going to figure it out. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, neither of them shot well. The score, the points were there. They scored well. Their shooting percentages were not great. That will change. I'm excited for the season. I think that they can make an NBA Finals push. It's going to take a lot. It's going to require that Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker is back and he's healthy. We need him to get to point where he was where he was an all-star last year the fact of the matter is if you're looking at the Celtics team you need about 25 points from Tatum you need something pretty damn close from Jalen and you probably need Kemba to be in that 22.6 assist range because you need someone to facilitate. I think Tatum's going to take a step up this year. He's probably going to be close to like eight assists. 
because he's just he's got the ball in his hands. He's that alpha on the team. So you're going to need all of those guys and then, you know, you're going to need to rely a lot on Marcus Smart to bring that energy. I think Tristan Thompson's going to be a huge factor this year. I think we can do it. I'm excited to to continue this podcast, watch the Celtics grow and kind of give you my extremely biased, unpopular, stupid, weird, but fun opinions. Uh, I think this podcast would would suck if I were coming on here and being like, yeah, the Celtics are pretty terrible. They're not going to do anything. So I'm going to continue to stay biased and continue to say the Celtics are going are gonna to make a rack in the playoffs. If you hate that, I'm sorry. I'm probably not the podcast for you. Hopefully I am. Hopefully you keep listening. Uh, but that's what I got. Thanks for joining in today. Uh, if this is the first time you've heard me, I hope you subscribe, follow, like, rate, whatever it may be. Uh, and if you're here for two podcasts in a row, thank you. Hope you continue listening. It's going to be a great, great season here. Have a go on Celtics fans. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it, nah. I can't help it, nah. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic.